Welcome to the Aquas Podcast. Conversations about regs, funds, and governance with your host, Daniel Lawler. Hello and welcome to the Aquas Podcast, the easy listening funds industry podcast. My name is Danny Lawler and I am one of your co-hosts for this episode of the Aquas Podcast. And for this edition, we have taken to the road and gone to London. The audio for this podcast was recorded just after the Dublin Calling event, which was a Brexit breakfast briefing co-hosted by Equest and Savvy Recruitment Consultants. At the event, we spoke very little about Brexit, actually, but really wanted to give some insights on what firms can expect if they relocate to Ireland in terms of what the regulatory market is like and what the recruitment market is like. So we were joined at the event by Katie Thurston of Idea Ireland. She's based in London. She's the head of financial services. She gave some insights into the kinds of conversations she's having with firms at the moment that are looking at Ireland as their Brexit solution. Um, And she was able to give some colour as to what the kind of questions she's getting from those firms and the sorts of uh, items of interest that they're really picking up on. So for example, the fact that there's actually quite a large international population in a lot of firms that are based in Ireland in financial services. We also had Jennifer Cahill of Savvy Recruitment Consultants, my co-host for the event, and she spoke about the recruitment market in Ireland. So what firms can expect in terms of trying to recruit staff in uh, should they decide to relocate to Ireland. She uh, spoke about the sort of talent that's available and she gave some really great tips on how individual firms can distinguish themselves in a market that's quite competitive in trying to get the right candidates for roles. Finally, then I spoke about the regulatory environment in Ireland, spoke a little bit about how the regulator goes about doing its job and what its mandate is, just pointed out some of the um, international engagement that the regulator is involved in as really a means of building connections with other regulators in light of the fact that one of our big allies, the UK, will shortly be away from the European table. So after the event, I spoke to firstly Gareth Sheridan of Rothschilds, then to Katie Thurston, as I said, of IDA Ireland, and finally to Jennifer. And those conversations are captured here in this podcast. They give their feedback on the event, and hopefully from that you get a flavour for what went on in the morning and an idea of the sorts of topics that were of interest to people at the time. My thanks to Gareth, Katie and Jennifer for participating and co-hosting on the podcast, and I really hope you enjoy it. Hi, so I'm here with Gareth Sheridan, who has just attended the Dublin Calling event in the lovely Rosewood Hotel in London. Gareth, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm responsible for operational due diligence at uh, J. Rothschild Capital Management. We uh, run a number of pools of capital and investment trust um, and effectively family office uh, pools of capital. So permanent capital base allocating to um, many strategies across private equity, hedge funds, long only funds and also direct in private equity and the public markets. Great. And so, uh, obviously, we were just out of the Brexit event this morning. Anything that you picked up from that that you were surprised by or you didn't really know or appreciate beforehand? Well, it was very interesting to hear from the entire panel to understand, actually, that the inward uh, calls from the UK to Dublin, so we have the IDA here, and they actually give real um, colour on the actual conversations they're having with some of their clients, some of their UK-based uh, potential clients who are actually looking to move to, to Dublin. So, for me, it gave me a recolor of actual 
real conversations that are occurring yeah. rather than reading headlines in newspapers where you see thousands of jobs moving over to Dublin where actual, in actual fact they're just headline figures yeah. um, but we can see across the board and not just within Dublin also uh, in, in, in regional towns as well which yeah. is very important yeah I wonder sometimes if that sort of gets lost it, it, like it looks like headlines and but behind that um, the reality is these are real jobs moving outside the UK to other jurisdictions absolutely I would give very little weight to some, most of the headlines I do read with respect to those because they're just headline grabbing and pure managed uh, articles yeah but in, but here today for, for sure there was, there was some real flavor there yeah and it, it is a it is a real thing you know that the guys in IDA are, are quite busy meeting these firms and, and just helping them with the process of understanding where to locate what the market is like how, how they interact with the regulator that kind of stuff so yes um, it is it is really happening absolutely it's really happening but that, that point about uh, talking to the, the regulator and managing that relationship um, not only from my perspective do I see is it interesting for me to see that from an Irish perspective and the CBI but also when I look at managers in the UK and the difficulties that they do have sometimes because of um, bottlenecks within the different regulators and it's also similar in Asia where I just came back from those types of conversations they do they are limiting factors and the bottlenecks create problems for ultimately the allocators at the end of the day yeah. uh, which, is, which is something I focus on very intently when we're talking to startup managers or managers relocating to new jurisdictions yeah. so it's very interesting to hear, to hear today that um, that while the Irish regulator uh, is very balanced but they are very um, open to uh, constructive discussions and yeah. meeting, and meeting uh, expected timelines yeah they will do they, they'll certainly engage and be transparent mm. and, and let people know what to expect in terms mm. of authorizations and revision processes and what have you um, but that's that's the reality of Brexit five months out you know these applications coming through these firms looking to be okay and jobs moving across and what have you yes, thank you very much for your time Gareth pleasure, pleasure. Thank, you. thank you thank you so I'm here with Katie Thurston of IDA Ireland, who's the financial services head here in London. She's just been with us at Dublin Calling and participated with introductory remarks and on the panel discussion. Uh, I just want to get your views, Katie, on how you felt the event went. Was there sort of questions there that you were asked that, that are new than what you got before? Or? Um, well, generally, I thought it was a really excellent event, particularly, actually, I think your, um, your talk in relation to financial regulation. But... Like I'd never You're promoting me, but no, I'll but take I'd, it. I'd actually never heard it done that way before. I mean, you know, a lot of the events that I've been to in the past talked about it from a very legalistic standpoint, but you spoke about, like, the culture of the regulator, the background, the fact that they don't have that competition mandate. I thought that was really useful. Um, and so I thought that was a good part. I thought... Um, there were a couple of people who were frantically taking notes, so I was happy to see that yeah. too. Um, I thought between the three of us it was nice because there was three very different perspectives from obviously from the financial regulation, from the recruitment, and then obviously I spoke a little bit about how IDA can help clients as well on the yeah. ground. Not too technical. So, no, not too technical, which 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 was good. Um, so uh, yeah, delighted to be part of the event today, and um, yeah, I think we gave some some new information to people as well yeah. that they might not have already heard and I think what it, what it helped with some people was just to understand this is this is really happening you're having real conversations with firms and they're looking at Dublin or they're looking at Cork and these are you know they're recruiting and they're applying for authorization so it's it's a very real process it, it, very real it is and what I've been surprised at is so I suppose I've, I've been here in London for the last um, four or five weeks I've had about 20 plus meetings with firms who are either establishing in Ireland thinking about establishing in Ireland so they're, they're kind of going 
going through that process and it's, it's interesting some companies have not actually pulled the trigger in terms of mm. submitting an application yet um, but what I strongly feel as well is that, you know, I mean, companies have to think about the long term. So where they want to be after this. So post Brexit, I think all of us in a way, we're just thinking about that March deadline. We have to think about beyond that, particularly from the company's perspective. Where do you want to be located? Do you want to be, you know, in, in, in an Ireland uh, where which has a proven track record, you know, all of the advantages from a tax and talent and technology standpoint, you know, where, where you've got you've got a substantial financial services industry, or do you want to be somewhere maybe you could get an application in a in a shorter time period, but then somewhere that does not have that track record and, and life and that goes stability. on after the life goes of on, March. exactly. And I think with Ireland you see you see consistency of policy, you see stability, and you see all of those advantages that have been in here before Brexit, during this period, and after. So. Yeah, and I think you see a lot of credibility in the message delivered by the regulator. They're you not do. promoting, but they are clear and transparent about how they do their job. Exactly, and I suppose the feedback that we've been getting as well is that we've always been able to organise meetings um, with the central bank, um, and you know, very short, uh, you know, within a very short time period, and they have been very open. They've been very receptive. Um, so, so I think those are all positives, you know. Um, um, so, uh, yeah. Good. I know you're rushing away. So one yeah. last question. What's sure. the number one question you get asked by firms or, or, or financial services businesses when you meet them and they're, they're thinking about Ireland? Um, the number one question, well, at the moment, it's all around the regulation, uh, the, the, the piece around regulation. Um, so, um, so, but I mean, when that goes away, it's it's about the talent piece, right. you know. So, um, where can I find the talent, etc., etc. So that 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 could be the next. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Thank you very much okay. for your time on this, okay, and thank you for attending much. today. Thank you. So I'm here with Jennifer Cahill of Savvy Recruitment Consultants. We've just finished Dublin Calling. Uh, the crowd is gone. The no- background noise has dropped a little bit. Uh, and I just want to get your thoughts, Jennifer, on the event, how it went, what kind of questions you got during the event and afterwards, and, and um, your sort of your feedback on, on, on how it went. Yeah, so thanks, Danny. It, it went really well. Um, very positive feedback. I think what people were very pleasantly surprised in terms of the recruitment side of things was, firstly, a very international workforce in Ireland that we could, you know, that, that there is available sort of international language skills and that we do have a pretty diverse workforce, not just Irish or Irish returning. Um, the other thing that people mentioned is I, I touched on kind of soft benefits like flexibility, um, ability maybe to work part-time or work from home and how that's a really important benefit for people when considering making a move, particularly if they have uh, flexibility at the moment so actually that resonated with a lot of people that I spoke to afterwards um, and they spoke of how they're actually trying to do that here in London within their firms because they recognise that that's an issue and that it's a, it, it's something that people are just more and more looking for and they're having to react to that demand so it's just nice to see that that is the reality within firms that they are reacting to it um, and they are very much keen to obviously replicate that when they come to Dublin so I think yeah. that was a that was something actually a good few people had said to me I don't think that I I thought was interesting in your presentation was around um, the talent that's available. It might not be directly 
the exact match that what you were looking for, but if you look slightly outside that, you've got lawyers with lots of experience, you've got uh, people from a depository background or, or even yeah. an administrative background, that kind of stuff, that can step in, for example, and, yes. and, and train up and do a designated yeah. person role or, or some sort of a, 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 an operating role or a yeah. management role. Yeah. No, and, and definitely, and I think it's just because there isn't necessarily, in asset management particularly, there isn't the mirror image or there isn't the volume of people who have that direct risk and compliance experience. It is just thinking a little bit different. It is looking slightly outside the box, but I wouldn't say it's a million miles away. Mm. There's still people who know the funds industry inside out. They know all the players in it. They know how it works from an operations perspective, and then they have the regulatory knowledge. So it's just slightly different. It's just the makeup of our workforce, and that's been driven by the firms and the type of work that's been there for the last 30 years. So even though you're not maybe getting the mirror image, it doesn't mean that that's an inferior hire to what you have in London. It's just different, and I would say it's probably going to enrich your team in London if they're working with them and they're coming from a different perspective um, and they have a lot of operational experience they can really bring that to bear in the role as compliance or risk yeah. officer as been managing those expectations yes. amongst the hiring firm to understand yes. well you it might not be exactly that yeah. but it'll be it'll be a good fit notwithstanding yes absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah i think on, on on the side side i was covering so the regulatory side um you know i've got a lot of questions just about or a lot of feedback just around understanding more about the regulator's mandate and, and the fact that they're not out there wearing the green jersey and rolling out the red carpet but that doesn't mean that they aren't going to meet with firms that they're, they're very transparent and very clear about what firms should expect of them and they follow through on it that yes. is what happens in reality and i, I think um you know, it, it, it's interesting to know that, that kind of stuff. And you might not necessarily pick up on that from the outside. And even the things like I spoke a bit about the international engagement that the regulators involved in, um, you know, part of their vision is to be respected by their peers. And that, that means in practical terms, getting on a lot of planes and doing a lot of um, bridge building with regulators in other jurisdictions and you see how involved they are at senior levels in ESMA in terms of being on the management board and, and the ESRB and, that. And, and you know so from the outside you wouldn't have any reason really to pick up on that but, but when it's pointed out to you you know you, you'll spot that in the future and you see that, that the regulator is quite active in in being respected by its peers, building its profile and its network of, yeah. of connections to, to make sure that it's in a, it's in a good place of having those, um, you know, those contacts and those uh, arrangements in place and those, those relationships in place going yeah. into the future when we don't have the UK as an yes, ally around yeah. the European table, yeah. you know, which is, is going and to be a big change. As you said, it's, it's, it's knowing what to expect and getting exactly that that yeah. gives people assurance. It is that clarity when, you know, among what is, you know, a lot of uncertainty around the bigger picture on Brexit and what's going to happen. And we see that from clients. They like that there is a lot of clarity, there's a lot of transparency in dealing with the central bank as long as they're transparent and they're openly communicating with them and they've got a very set plan in terms of what they want to do in Ireland. They're getting the good feed, you know, they're getting feedback, they're getting interaction and communication and, and, and quite good clarity from the central bank and that's what they want. Every business wants clarity. They yeah. want to know what to expect and the central bank is doing that. The last thing I'd say then is we, we did, although the event is called Dublin Calling, we did reach outside the, the, the pale and we, 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 you know, we looked at Cork in particular and other centres around Ireland where they're seeing a lot yeah. of growth in financial services and it's quite attractive for firms to go there and to locate depending yeah. on what it is that they're looking to do. So it's, it's interesting that it's not a, it's not a Dublin-centric centric event. Yeah. It's, uh, it's much broader than that. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen a lot of firms, in, not only Cork, but in Limerick and, and I know Katie had mentioned Nina, um, which a little bit more obscure, but there is creating, you know, there is starting to be a bit of a hub down there in terms of international companies. Um, and then, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of people in 
Dublin that are not from Dublin that actually would love the opportunity love to go to back like, to Kilkenny or Cork yeah or wherever yeah. it is so the, you know it's there is an appetite there in Dublin among people that are very experienced professionals so again I think as Katie mentioned there might be certain businesses for you know certain requirements they need to be close to their advisors or the central bank or whatever it is but if that's not the case then absolutely the regional regional parts of the country you know Limerick, Cork um, Kilkenny and others absolutely worth considering Great, let's wrap it up there. Thank you very much for your co-hosting. Thank you, Daniel, And your presenting. Likewise, yeah. and, and thank you to Katie as well. She did yeah, a she terrific did great job. job. Great, great, um, great insights her. from her. Thank you to Rosewood London, a beautiful hotel. Very nice. Uh, there is a Ferrari parked outside the front. <laughs> I'm going to go and hop in it and speed away. Yeah, you wish, Danny. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thanks You've been listening to the Aquas Podcast. For information about our training and advisory programs or our academy, visit aquas.ie. For more resources on regs, funds, and governance, check out our YouTube channel, Daniel Lawler, R-U-R-Q.